0: Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. This is match day 39 in this Cricket World Cup 50 over men's edition. Um, On paper, this looks like a pretty simple game. Bangladesh winning by three wickets with 50 balls to spare. But we've got the Jew having an effect on a game for the first time really in the tournament, um, as well as some talking points with Shaqib Al-Hassan, not far away from controversy um, at most junctures in his cricketing career. We're going to discuss the cricket. And the ramifications of his appeal, all on the top order podcast. Stay tuned. Well, boys, we've just done a very quick, uh, yeah, very very agile planning session prior to this uh, this match day thirty nine. And um, from a cricketing perspective, plenty of plenty of talking points, I guess. Um, uh, Bangladesh, I think, um, choosing. Uh, to chase because, you know, they felt that the dew would be a factor here in in Delhi. And and probably we were saying it's the first time it's really had an impact on uh, a game in this tournament so far. But um, Sri Lanka, um, yeah, I guess we'll talk about their batting performance. Uh, Cherith Asalanka scoring a a pretty decent 100, but not getting a great deal of help elsewhere. And then Bangladesh uh, chasing things down um, pretty comfortably. Some bowling performances of note as well. Um, Tanzim Hassan-Sakee bowling pretty well, um, albeit going for a few runs, as has been the case with uh, the guys with a bit more pace in this tournament so far. Um, Madashanka continues in the wickets as well. So we've got plenty of cricket to talk about. And then we've also got, um, what, let's best describe them as unsavoury scenes. Um, but we'll come on to that a little bit later. Raj, I, I know you watched certainly most of that first batting innings. What, what was what were your thoughts from that? Sri Lanka's approach setting a target in this game?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, the shining light for me really was, was Aslanka's 100. I, I did watch, watch most of it. He, he looked in control for, for the majority of it and he batted well. Uh, you know, as you said, uh, without much, much help, Nisanka and, and uh both getting to 40 and then getting out and so especially Samurakarama will be disappointed with how he got out. Uh, I have no doubt that if they had put a partnership together, you know, going towards the you know hundred or past hundred uh, runs, you know, deeper into the innings, they would have posted a score over three hundred. They were they did a great job to to get there. Um, yeah, I, I thought they I thought they batted well. Baldy, over to you.
0: Baldy's on mute here. First time of the of the podcast series. Looks like he can't get himself off mute as well.
2: I can't. It's, it's it, all gone horribly, horribly wrong. I went into producer mode because I thought I'll just sit here and listen to you guys uh, talk about the cricket and then debate the ramifications of the spirit of cricket. Look, it was, as you say, not enough support from Lanka, in, in scoring his 100. And for Sri Lanka, it's kind of been the story of their tournament, really. They've had one guy maybe have a decent performance with either bat or ball, uh, and then not enough players stand up around them. So either... As you say, Samarokwama or Asalanka, in this case, getting some runs. 279 looked like it was probably below par, Raj. Would you agree on that surface? It looked like a pretty good batting surface and always, well, not always, but in this case, for the first time, the dew becomes a factor in the bowling innings and really advantages that side uh, batting first. Uh, no. Batting second, sorry. I should batting say. second, you yeah. know. Yeah.
1: Look, I actually thought it was an okay score. Um, obviously, I hadn't factored the the dew in there. I think that if that had been played in the same conditions, it would have been uh, a fairly hard chase. Uh, and mm. you know, Bangladesh didn't make it easy for themselves. Uh, Tuscan Ahmed uh, bowled really well without without taking a wicket. He was very hard to hit. Bowled uh, great cross seamers. Bowled good change ups, uh, and then obviously bowled with with good pace. Um, yeah, that's all I really had in that that, that first innings uh, before you know. Not talking about the elephant in the room. Maybe we cover off Bangladesh's innings first. Uh, anything stand out to you in the uh, Bangladesh chase, Binksy?
0: Yeah, look, I, I guess that the the thing I'd say is we we've seen, uh, I guess to an extent throughout the course of this tournament, Afghanistan really come to the party and string together a number of really really good ODI performances. Bangladesh have obviously been in the uh, you know the, the top ten nations for a little while longer, but. Um, I think the way that they were so clinical um, with their chase, they were they, they were in a bit of trouble early doors, um, a couple of wickets down inside or just outside the the first six overs, um, and, and then obviously uh, you know a really really good partnership for, from Shanto and al Hassan. Um, you know, we'll talk about Shakib a little bit later on with the with the with the incident, but paste his innings really really well. Uh, it, you know, he, he he is a genuinely world class. Um, one day international all rounder, and well, probably all rounder across three formats for for Bangladesh. So I think what what impressed me was the uh, the clinicality of their um, if that's the word that their their, um, their chase. Um, and then yeah, I, I guess a little bit of a, a little bit of a wobble as well. Um, once Shakib was out, you know they they lost three or four wickets pretty quickly, but then you know able to get over the line because they'd broken the back of that chase early up and and and, and did it with nearly ten overs to spare, right? So. Um, I think it was, yeah, really, really, really clinical for them. I think then where that sort of feeds in for me is, you know, this really is about qualification for that ICC mm. Champions Trophy, isn't it? So um, I, I don't know whether they would have had any, um, yeah, any sort of eye on the on the net run rate situation um, as, as part of that, the way that they were pacing that, that chase and, and why Shaqib went out quite hard. Um, mm. But, you know, they've just nudged ahead in the table on, on net run rate at this stage. So, look, destiny in their hands, really, to finish in that, I think, seventh place, which is the one that um, guarantees qualification for that uh, for that tournament as we move forward.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that five for 59, which they lost uh, towards the end of that chase, uh, it's symptomatic of, of how yeah. Bangladesh have been batting and, and the troubles they've had. But, uh, look... The only disappointing thing or the negative that, that they'll have, uh, Bangladesh, is that Shanto and Shakib couldn't um, finish that off. They, they put themselves nice. in a great position. They were ahead of the rate the whole time. Yeah. Took risks when they needed to. Uh, and, and there were some actually really good shots straight down the ground uh, as well, uh, with the dew becoming a, a factor there for them, really giving them the, uh, the edge in that chase. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about in that innings, and I'll come to you, Baldy, in in a second, because you've talked about Matushanka, Dilshan, Matushanka a lot during this tournament. Mm. Uh, I think they've got a real potential uh, of of a great player here. He's he's looking... I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops. Uh, He very rarely has the same look to a batsman, which I think helps him. He swings it, he cuts it, he rolls around the wicket, and and he comes back well through the the innings. You know, it's not just with the new ball... Uh, so, yeah, looks good. Summary from me, uh, Baldy.
2: Oh, thank you. That's that's exactly my summary. He looks very, very good. The thing that's really impressed me is that he's showed us a wide variety of skills for a man of such a young age at his first you know major tournament, really. He showed that he can swing the ball. He cut one to dismiss Rohit. He's rolled his fingers over the ball. He's had the ball sort of cross-seam to stand it up and hold it up in the wicket. As you say, he's come around the wicket. He's got a tremendous amount of skill for a young man, uh, early on in his international career. So it's very, very exciting for Sri Lankan fans, uh, again, even though they've lost this match, uh, to see the development of Dilshan Madushanka, who, if he stays fit and he stays healthy and, and he's able to play multiple formats, he could be a, a guy that is a staple of their international side for, for many, many years to come. Just on Bangladesh, before we move off the cricket-related stuff, Raj, you mentioned it a little while ago when we talked about how Bangladesh was struggling in this tournament. Don't they look a completely different side when Shaqib Al-Hassan, Mamadullah, and Mushfiqur Rahim bat 4-5-6 instead of 5-6-7? This, this is the different look that that Bangladesh can give international sides. And they just look like a different cricket side when they're able to put together big partnerships because you've got your key batters uh, batting for as long as possible in their batting innings. So uh, Bangladesh have made a subtle change, uh, but one that is very, very important in terms of turning around their fortunes in, in the in this tournament so far, and,
1: and also the massive key there is that someone else has has contributed. Whether that you know in previous games has been a and Das, or, or, or in this game uh, Ashanto and other games as well. But they need that in order to push them over three hundred. Mm-hmm. They can't just rely on those three players every time. If Mushfikar Rahim had had sort of kicked on, and they were setting a score, maybe they would have got you know three twenty here. They, they were in the position to to do that. Actually, they probably higher than that if they had held their wickets. Uh, judging by the pace that they were going. Uh, so yeah, the, the we talked about it in the preview show that we've got these you know great players, uh, the Shakib Al hassan the Mushfiqur Rahim's, but they need those uh, performances that chip in around them, uh, and this was a this was an occasion where they got that.
0: Before we, I guess, move on and talk about the ramifications for the rest of the, the, the tournament um, in terms of the fixtures coming up. So Australia Afghanistan um, tonight. We'll talk about that in a sec. We've got to cover off this um, Angelo Matthews dismissal. Um, as you'd expect, plenty of press about this after the game. Um, but uh, for those of you that didn't see it, um, Angelo Matthews um, took somewhere in the region of two minutes to come out um, to bat. I think it's fair to say that there have been various uh, stopwatches and, and sort of uh, uh, forensic analysis on Twitter, um, which is, is obviously the best place for all of that, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, sorry, I should call it by its proper name as well. X. Um, yes, uh, apologies to to anyone who is offended by my uh, incorrect usage of the word Twitter there. Um, but a couple of minutes to get in. Had a problem with his helmet. Um, if we then go based on the after match. Um, interviews, etc. Shaqib uh, said he felt he was at war when asked about the Angelo Matthews situation. He said, one of our fielders came to me and said, if you appeal, he'll be out. Um, if you are serious. Um, um, and then the umpire asked him whether he was serious. And he said, no, um, uh, I, I am going to uphold the appeal. If it's out in the rules, I won't take it back. Um, and then, yeah, kind of telling me for me, he says, um and this is i'm reading this from from quick info it is in the laws i don't know if it is right or wrong but i felt like i was at war i had to take a decision to make sure my team wins right or wrong there will be debates um but if it's in the rules i don't mind taking these chances so uh, yeah I, I guess this is just the opinion of the top of podcast so expect uh, yeah the, the the comments in our youtube to, to blow up a little bit on this but Boys, what 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 do we think? I'm leaning on the yeah, I'm leaning <clears throat> on the side of uh, this being wrong. What, what about you, boys?
1: Wally, will we'll let you go first? I okay. know you've got prepared oh. remarks. <laughs>
2: um, prepared remarks. The dangerous, dangerous words in the I English don't, language. I don't, I don't have prepared remarks. Uh, we've all captain, we've all captain cricket sides, and we've all been placed in situations where you need to make a decision that by the letter of the laws of cricket, go one way and then potentially by the spirit of cricket or sportsmanship or you know, a, a moral decision might lead you in, in another direction. We've all been there and I'm, I'm certain that anyone who's captained the cricket side, particularly in, in club land or, or a situation where you've got player umpires has been faced with a decision like this in the past. Um, in this particular instance, by the letter of the law even with the number of stopwatches out there, and I was quite surprised by the number of reactions on X, formerly known as Twitter, thanks Elon Musk for changing the name to confuse everyone, that everybody had a stopwatch out at that particular moment. And everyone could tell you exactly how long uh, it was between Angelo Matthews arriving at 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 the ground or the batter being dismissed and him having an issue with his helmet. Regardless of all of that, It wasn't like it was an egregious failure for Angelo Matthews to arrive at the the crease and ready to receive the the next delivery. It was of the order of two minutes or, or thereabouts, not, withstanding the helmet issue. So I don't really see there being an egregious breach of the law here. It's somewhere in the vicinity of a technicality. There's an equipment failure involved. There's discretion that the captain has to look at the situation and go, well... The letter of the law in cricket says one thing. I don't think this is a situation where you need to apply the letter of the law because the batter is committing some kind of egregious breach of, of, of that law. So I think for me, Shaqib could have exercised a little bit more discretion in terms of his judgment. Of course, the umpire, by the, by the way you, you said it, Adam, gave Shaqib the opportunity to withdraw his appeal, He's chosen not to do so, so he's chosen to uphold the appeal. And by the letter of the law, the umpire then has no recourse but to apply the law uh, as it is written uh, by the MCC. So the umpire is stuck between a, a rock and a hard place, but I think discretion could have been the better part of value here for uh, the Bangladeshi Tigers.
1: Yeah, completely agree with, with both of your, your sentiments there. I've heard a lot on um, social media of people saying, you know, this is, a, this is not in the spirit of, of cricket or, you know, you know, going down those lines. I don't think that this is a discussion about the spirit of cricket. I think, you know, there is an element of it, but this is actually a discussion of the intention of that rule. Why is that rule actually there? Uh, Angelo Matthews wasn't swanning around in the dressing room, eating lunch, getting dressed, and took ages to get out into the middle. He got there on time. He was facing up. He had an equipment malfunction. Uh, so, if if we play that out, what what are the opposition and the umpires asking him to do? They expect him to face up without pre- protective equipment. That doesn't seem right to me. If it had happened one ball later, and he had taken 10 minutes to get a helmet, there would have been no repercussions for it at all. Uh, it, it, it doesn't seem to make sense to me. Uh, yes. I, I don't know if the, you know this hasn't come up. What did they say? This is the first time... This this kind of dismissal has happened in the, hundred and forty odd years of, of of international cricket that we've had, uh, which should tell you something, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I was quite fired up about it last night. I was telling telling you guys if we'd done the pod last night, I think my discussion or my my, my um, language would have been a bit different. Uh, I think it, you know, if if I had been in that position, and we can only talk about it from you know, if we feel that we had been in that position, I don't think I could have made the decision to to make that appeal.
0: Yeah. And, and that for me is the, is, the, is the biggest piece is, you know, what did the umpires out on the field say to Shakib? You know, was it as a case of, you know, if you appeal, he's out, you know, are you really serious about this? Or did they did they try and offer any counsel and say, mate, I, I don't think this is going to be a great look. Um, and then similarly, is there no one else in that um, Bangladesh unit that comes up to him and says, "Do you know what, mate? I, I don't think this that this is the right thing. Um, I don't think this is the right thing to do under the under the circumstances. Um, look, I guess that might come out over the course of the next um, few days, but yeah, certainly, um, yeah, puts a, a sour sour taste a, a little bit on uh, yeah on on the cricket. <clears throat> Let's move on and talk about tonight, Paul D. Um, I, I'm sure you're going to find a way to play down Australia's chances, but I think if the maths is correct, you've got the ability to actually lose both of your remaining games and still go through to the uh, the semi final stages, so mm. you've got to be pretty pretty happy with that position going into yeah, going into a game, obviously against Afghanistan um, uh, tonight. Your thoughts on yeah thoughts on where Australia are placed, and then maybe let's move on to to the um, the wider piece after that as well.
2: Well, Australia should win this fixture tonight. Afghanistan have been in tremendous form. As we know, they've won, what, four out of their last five games. Australia have won five out of their last five games. They should have Glenn Maxwell back tonight uh, from concussion protocols. They hopefully will have Mitchell Marsh back tonight uh, from his trip to Australia for personal reasons for the passing of his grandfather. So Australia will get some much-needed... players back into their squad that you would normally expect to be in the first 11 and that throws up questions around the balance of their team Uh, does Cameron Green keep his spot does Manus Lubbershane keep his spot does Marcus Stoinis keep his spot so there will be some questions around the balance of the Australian side going into this game as you say Australia have got two games to pick up two points one win will be enough for Australia to secure a spot in the semi-finals two losses will mean that they'll need other results to go their way to qualify for the semi-finals so There is a lot to play for for Australia, not least of which because we want to see how Mitchell Marsh will perform batting at number four, how uh, how Glenn Maxwell comes back from his concussion. If we see Cameron Green, are we going to see him bowl? So there are lots of questions for Australia to answer leading into what potentially could be a semi-final against South Africa. Uh, We've played South Africa a lot in 2023 with some mixed results. We've seen South Africa humbled by India, in the last couple of days, so they'll be hurting. There is a lot to play for for Australia in games that we expect Australia to win. And this will be the interesting thing for me, is whether or not Australia can be the clinical type of side that we've seen in World Cups past, in 99, in 2003, in 2007, where Australia won games that they should have won and won them big, or whether this is an Australian side that has a hiccup and has issues somewhere in the middle of their lineup in these last two games. So I think, despite the fact that we expect Australia, or lots of people expect Australia to win and win well, and I do too, there will be some interesting subplots to the story around how Australia go about their cricket and how clinical they are in dispatching sides that we would expect them to beat nine and a half times out of ten.
1: Just a, a question for you, Baldy, on, on, on Manus Uh If your side is fully fit... Uh, Steve Smith suffering some symptoms of vertigo if he is fully fit and able to play. Do you think it's a bit rough on, on, on Manus after he played a great innings in the last um, last last one day? Uh, do you think it's a bit rough on him missing out?
2: I think it is a little bit rough, uh, but I don't think Australia, when fully fit, will want to go in with two guys in Smith and Labuschagne that play similar types of roles in the middle order, the Joe Root role for England uh, when he's in form, that kind of hold it together while other guys go a little bit harder and are more aggressive around him. The criticism, of course, for Manus Lubbershane is that in this World Cup, he has struck it largely between 65 and 75, and that has hampered Australia's ability to score really, really big totals. I think if Steve Smith were in better form, he's only averaged sort of 28 to 30 in this World Cup. He's only got past 50 once, and I think that was against the Netherlands. If he was in form, this wouldn't be a discussion. Manus would drop out, and Steve Smith would definitely be the preferred man batting at number three. As it is, I think, in, in terms of form, they've both been reasonably similar. Manus may have a slight edge in terms of form, but reputationally, I think you'd take Smith over Manus most days of the week, and probably twice on Sundays. Um, but Australia, I think, are looking to get the right balance of their side, and they like to play lots of all-rounders. They like having Marsh, Stoyness. Maxwell, uh, Travis Head—if you count his little bit of off spin, etc.—so I think that's the way that Australia will go. It might be a little bit harsh on Manus, but he's a guy that can come in and, and do a job for you.
0: Fantastic, Raj. Any closing comments from from you? Other than, of course, I guess, yeah, looking forward to the next uh, the next uh, two or three days. We're going to really see it, you know, that that uh, fourth place certainly get itself decided. But yeah, any thoughts from you before we wrap up for the day?
1: look uh, i I have you know one eye focused on on this australia Afghanistan game, but also looking forward into the tournament uh you know New Zealand obviously my my primary focus I want to see how they finish out the tournament um, look at the end of the day we we discussed this actually last night when we were at cricket. We need to discuss the format of the tournament because India has been so dominant. Uh, throughout this tournament they're probably possibly going to go through with with 9 wins out of 9 and i don't feel they get uh an advantage for that going into the the playoffs they'll be the big talking point for me going forward but look i'm just i'm just looking forward to getting through these round robin games and into these uh into these playoff games and the final
0: absolutely well yeah i'm sure we'll debate that i guess specifically if if india fall at either of the two mm-hmm. um final hurdles we, we, I'm sure we'll come back to talk about that and, and uh, no uh, no jeopardy really for, for the other teams and if India do go through um, there's certainly an argument that they should receive some advantage but um, let's see what the cricketing gods think shall we over the course of the next, uh, uh, the next week or so we will of course be back in your feed to talk Afghanistan uh, Australia then we've got uh, I think England Netherlands coming up before that New Zealand um, Sri Lanka game if I've got uh, my order of events correct um, and then we will be back as well um, early next week to preview um, the semi-finals and final on your regular um, podcast programming so we'll uh, hopefully get together in a room and, and record our usual format make some bold predictions that will turn out to be tremendously wrong etc um, leading into the knockout stages of the tournament but for now it is um, good morning and good bless from us all here in Auckland and we'll see you tomorrow on the top order podcast World Cup review shows. See you later.